0: The following Podcast is scheduled for one fall with no time left. Super hot fire! The greatest spectacle in podcast entertainment. Mr. Mesomania!
1: That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Pytas O'Neill keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a
0: better IQ than you, the are inspiring J.C. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far of Vince's no, 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 Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You, you are. defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This, this is The jobber. Jobber. Knocker Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobber Knocker Podcast. As always, it is JC with my guy, Nestlemania. JC,
1: I am burning up, it is over 80 degrees, and my feet have never been frostbitten in your, in your life or my life. Have they? I don't think your feet have been frostbitten.
0: Oh, my God. We are going to get to that. I don't think that's where we're going to start, though, unless if you nope. really – Okay, good. Uh, no, <laughs> so we no, start. I just,
1: I just wanted to come in
0: hot. That's all. <laughs> I like it. I like it because, yeah, that was, uh, that was something, and we'll get there. But we like to start with the shine on this program, the Mandy Rose, so to speak, always in the shine of the program. And for me, Nestlemania, I actually liked most of this week overall, but there was one thing that really stood out from the rest, and that was – I'm just one man, I'm a one-man band. Heath Slater, he didn't get his entrance music, he just kind of came out, but I really enjoyed the opening segment to Rob it was kicked off with our WWE Champion, Drew McIntyre, who called out Ziggler because, hey, you know, he wants to know the stipulation for their match. But Dolph comes out doing the Dolph cowardly thing, and he brings out Heath Slater. And Heath Slater, Heath Slater, I've always liked his promos because I just think Heath is good. And I thought this promo from Heath was so heartfelt; it was fantastic. It moved me, and he forced Drew McIntyre to fight him. Nestlemania. No, I look.
1: I love Heath Slater. Obviously, for our affinity of jobbers, we've always considered ourselves jobbers, and not that Heath Slater's technically a jobber jobber, but he's always been somebody that puts other people over and enhances other people. Um, and he, he did that here too, but not in a way that is, you know, taking away from him in any any stretch of the imagination. I think. They went above and beyond for him, and he even said in the promo, I'm making the most out of an opportunity that I'm getting. And he did that. All he had was maybe, what, nine, ten minutes at tops from the whole beginning to end, and he made something out of nothing, and he made it worth, like, there are people up there that are, you know, in NXT or a trainee or even on you know, Raw or SmackDown that if they're in that position, I don't know if they'd move the needle quite like Pete Slater did. He came out with no music, as you said. They gave him the golf commentary treatment where they were like, I think he, wasn't he fired? Yeah, he's fired. Like, they were very specific on how they handled him. He came out, no comedy, which, again, is effective. When he can show that he's not just a comedian, and he can be heartfelt, and he can be that gut-wrenching, kind of, like, please-don't-do-this-to-me kind of character, he did a great job. He did a wonderful job with it. Dolph Ziggler did a great job with it, because Dolph went on top of it, you know, before, it saying, and this is the part that I love, how many times do you see a heel win an opportunity at a stipulation and then not tell somebody. It's, I don't think, like, I'm sure it's happened, but it's been so far gone for me that I, I don't remember the last time a heel has done that. So I was in, interested in that. But then the fact that he called Heath in to be like, you know, I was owed something. I'm owed that WWE title match. You know, Dolph Ziggler said that. And then that's what he said. He said, you owe me something. So it's interesting to me that there are going to be people, like, in, in life, if you hit the mega bucks all these people come out in the world and try to ask for a handout. You owe me. Remember that time I did this, or I have the secret on you or blah, 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 Everybody comes out of the woodwork when you have something that they want, or they know that you're doing something successful. So I appreciate that aspect of friendship, seeing that, seeing when people are coming out of the woodwork for shit like this. I mean, he's had to obviously because, you know, like you said, he's doing it for his family, for his two girls, not his 22 girls, but his two girls. And, I thought it was really well done, and especially that, you know, yes, it was a jobber alert, obviously, because this program we have to talk about the jobber alert, but it was an effective way to enhance what was going on with them, and also the fact that I appreciated Dolph Ziggler, and, you know, he beat up on Heath a little bit. By the way, I don't think anybody else has discussed this, but Heath Slater's Jack, bro. Like, he's he's ready to go. Like You haven't been watching his workouts
0: in. on Instagram, dude? He's been working, have man. Not. He's been working. I haven't.
1: I mean, he, he, is, he is a Hulk. He is a Hulk. Like, he is... He is a massive man. And now, and that's cool because honestly, he's like, to be honest with you, he's been a little lanky. So like seeing him without his shirt off, like looking tough. And then finally the math make the save and they have that big hug. And like to me, that's, that's the best way you could do it. That was the best way you, you couldn't have drawn that segment up better. And I thought that was a really strong way to start off. That wasn't a, you know, a single to start off. That was a home run. And I think everybody's still talking about it. And honestly, barring I'm sure some Sasha Bailey talk, I think that was probably the most effective thing they've done all week.
0: Yeah, no, it was certainly, it was was a, especially for someone who's such a huge Heath Slater fan, like me, like, that was an incredible send-off. It was, got the curtain call, like, not everyone gets that treatment. A lot of them, they're just done, but, like, Heath, like, like, that was, like, a Heath appreciation there, and I, I loved it, and it was great that McIntyre was the one there with him. But, you know, I could talk about Heath Slater all day, because, to me, he's a legend, but I feel like we do have to move on. And, you know what, I think we should go to SmackDown, because you mentioned it right there. That Bailey Sasha tribute that they gave themselves was fucking amazing.
1: Oh yeah, look, WWE has the best production in the biz. But it, it it wasn't just that; it was the throw to it. It was the fact that she calls the Undertaker Taker. You know, it was just like every and Sasha doing the tongue and the roll back, the eyes thing, which I'm sure a lot of people will talk about. There's so many aspects of what they're doing is is just ridiculous. I know there's Sasha, you know, so they call her Sasha three shows and Bailey three brands, but I mean. They are annoying to a point of, like, okay, like, they're good and they're annoying, so it's like that, it's like that way back in the day when RVD was as good as he was, and he knew it, and he was so annoyingly good, you were just like, you couldn't help but like him, so you were kind of like, this guy's a fucking shithead, you know, like, that's how I feel about Bailey and Sasha, they're shitheads, like, not in real, like, real life, but I mean, their characters are shitheads, but they back it up every single time, so, you know, I appreciate the video tribute because it, it played along with everything. And again, everything else we will probably talk about um, that they've accomplished on the other shows as well. But I mean, the tribute, it, it's interesting because no one else talked about them except each other, which was kind of funny to me. Like a very heel tactic to do. And you can tell they're just having fun. People are just having fun. It's contagious. Like it really is contagious. And that's why... It's really, really, really interesting to see where they're going to go with
0: it. Yeah, they're both doing some of the best work, if not the best work of their career right now. They're on fire, uh, fire so to speak, super hot fire. But uh, Nestlemania, um, that song that they used in the tribute, um, those of you that might watch Celtics content on NBC Sports Boston might have recognized it because I use that, I've used that song for several Bainting Celtics hype pieces this season. So literally, right when it came on, like my eyes, I was like, whoa. This sounds familiar, and I was like, wait a minute. I've heard this before. So, yeah, WWE uh, dipping into the APM pool as well.
1: So not only do they listen to the jobber knocker, they specifically listen to what JC cuts, folks. Are you going to tell me we're not tapped? Come on. <laughs> oh. They're wired. They're, they're, they're wired in. They're wired in. So it is what
0: it is. Oh, for sure. And now uh, next up, Nestlemania, I'm looking at this, and – you know, I thought there was a lot of really good wrestling matches this week on both shows. Um, I have one that was my favorite, but I'm curious, what was your favorite match from this week?
1: I am I hope you're ready. I hope you're sitting down. I have opened my jaw. Ah and I'm eating more crow this week because my favorite match, in my opinion, was Matt Riddle versus Ding John ding Gordon.
0: ding 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 ding. Yes, sir. I
1: I thought it was really well done. I thought As much as I I think I had a conversation with one of our followers on Twitter, I'm never going to be a John Morrison guy. But since he's been back, he's made me more of a believer. Not necessarily a fan, but a believer of why he, you know, I've always thought he had a a certain level, but he's risen above that level in my mind. And he went out of his way to make Matt Riddle look good. He didn't need to, but he showed off the skills of Matt Riddle. And it was fun because it's just, it's exactly what you want. You want somebody to show off somebody else's skills regardless of a win or loss i think everybody came out uh, looking good in that one i think that's something that a lot of people forget is that he lost but i also remember his his you know it is his is not a lack of trying his his an ability to try harder than most people to put somebody else over
0: yeah i know that was i that match was a ton of fun like i you know i have a tendency sometimes especially like i didn't watch smackdown till sunday night because i was or yeah sunday night because i was away But, like, I couldn't fast-forward this match. I was glued in. It was great. Like, obviously, Riddle had the debut against Styles. Now he gets to work with Morrison, who's, like you said, just went above and beyond to make it good. They're clearly going right into a Riddle-Corbin feud, which I think could be really good. I'm just worried they're going to rush it a bit and not really let it breathe. And that's why I kind of like the Miz and Morrison insert here, because it kind of keeps Corbin and Riddle's, like, interactions, like, to a minimum. And I hope that kind of continues because um, I just don't want these guys to get thrown in. I think they could build a nice little feud here between Riddle and Corbin.
1: I think they're definite. They're opposites, right? And we always say opposites attract, opposites work well. You know, when styles clash, no pun intended, I think that's when people, you know, enjoy it. Because if you have, like, somebody with the same background as Riddle, yeah, that's fun every once in a while. That's why the Thatcher match was a lot of fun. But when you have somebody like a WWE star, like it's definitely homegrown like Corbin, versus an independent MMA kind of guy, those are the guys that end up having those matches you remember. So I think that, again, I don't want to put too much stock into it, but if it's done correctly and they give enough time, not 45 minutes like an edge match, but if they give them like 20 minutes, fuck him, by the way, honestly. I, you know, I've soured on him. Wow. That's the whole thing, but we'll find. Yeah, yeah. What a crying little baby. But anyway, Wow. Yeah, I'm just, I'm done. But but anyway, yeah, so that's what I look forward to. Give me a good 20 to 25-minute match.
0: I like it. And um, the transition they did do out of this, which means these guys might not be done, is AJ actually attacked Riddle on the ramp before his Intercontinental title match. So it gave me hope that maybe there's going to be some breathability here because, you know, just having more people involved with Riddle, I kind of like it because, you know, it just, it, it'll make it different every week as we debut this guy instead of, like, letting him just rack him up. Like, he's going to have to really earn it. And uh, I'm assuming that you enjoyed the Styles Gulak match as well. I did
1: but it felt way more edited and piped in like I know obviously we look at things from a fight and team with Cohen because of our production background, but when they just kinda shoehorned the zoom call from Daniel Bryan at pitcher and pitcher, that felt like I mean I give them the, the props for trying it and doing something different, but it just felt like I don't know, like it just it took away from the match, it distracted me. They didn't put it like it felt like it wasn't flow into the match it felt like it was literally just like fuck you gotta put this in here let's put it in here let's drop commentary let him talk whatever and then bring it back up and then the, the match itself like I don't know if I had higher expectations for it but I was like I was interested in it but I think there was just either too much going on or it didn't live up to how I felt about it I don't know what exactly I could say that would make it better but it just there's something about it that made me kind of scratch my head and go I was hoping for more and I wanted more not like I want them to do it again I just wanted that match to have more.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I it obviously wasn't my favorite match of the week, but I still did think it was good. But I think we need to talk about a couple of the matches on Raw because the women have been shining uh, bright i think especially the last couple of weeks they've been really carrying it obviously led by Bailey and Sasha but both of them were involved in singles matches and uh, for me Bailey and Oscar got a ton of time in the main event i thought it was really enjoyable i loved Bailey hopping on the headset mid match and talking i loved the waterball spot too and that's the stuff about Bailey that i think is really clicking right now is all this extra all the gaga with the match she's more than just she's just she's larger than life right now she's cocky she's confident she's arrogant and it's just working but of course she did lose because uh oscar did get the pin off the nikki cross distraction
1: dude that was the part that i was wondering to see if you were going to bring up because for me i'm not a huge nikki cross guy sometimes like when i see her i'm like okay kind of two-dimensional kind of two-dimensional i'd like to see what, what what she has to offer if she's given the whole caboodle but i just they you know, they had her own commentary, the the, you know, security ninjas because they you know, the ninjas and security are the same fucking people from the Randy Orton promo if you look closely. So everybody's officer hot dogging it. But, you know, it's fine. And then so we do that and then they you know, they usher her off, you know, to do a commercial break, which again seems like a legitimate flow to what was going on. But I appreciated not just the random run in or music playing, like the fact that she just was like so nuts that she was like breathing up against the glass. I was like, Okay. Like, that was creative. That was different. And then, of course, you know, Sasha hams it up on the outside, and then Oscar, you know, rolls up, Bailey. Like, all that stuff made perfect sense. So I think they're, I I think it's to the WWE's credit and also discredit, when they know something's good, they spend time on it. And when they don't know they have something good, they just kind of trash it or they don't give it the old treatment. You know, like, so this they know is working because obviously they're on three shows. So they're giving them time. They're giving them the best stuff. But I'm hoping that they continue giving everybody good stuff because everybody's worth it. I mean, they're up that you know that level and that high-quality stuff. So I'm hoping everybody gets a chance.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I will just say, off your Nikki Cross point, I'm not the biggest Nikki Cross person either. And I think the reason why I think she's capped is I don't buy her as a credible threat as she moves up the card. I think she's a fun tag team with Alexa Bliss. I think she brings good comedy. She's a pretty decent wrestler. She's definitely unique to the show. But I've just never bought her as a credible threat to anyone for whatever reason, just because I don't think they've presented her in that light.
1: Yeah, it's unfortunate. I think we should spend more time on her, but, I mean, it's just uh, she's the type of person that I think is, is, you know, she's a good side piece to a champion like Alexa, but I don't think she, you know, she's never going to break through on the certain trajectory she's on now. She's going to have to do a wholesale change. Um, you know, like, oh, they tried to pretty her up with makeup with Alexa and everything like that. But, you know, I, I think that if they let her be her instead of this, like, sanity-esque still person, I don't know. I think that they could do better with her. It's just you got to let people be them. And uh, right now she's she's in a two-dimensional box. I don't know if that makes any sense because boxes are four sides. But you know what I mean? Like, she's in a box. She's in a box. Like, she's really, like, she's sitting in a cookie cutter and she's not breaking out of it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, don't disagree. And uh you talked about letting things breed. They certainly um Kyrie saying, you know, the internet tried to get rid of her, but she's still here and I thought her and Sasha's match had never happened before and I thought that lived up too.
1: Look, you know, like I, I can't you know, I, I'll gush over Sasha all day long, but the the fact still remains that uh she's probably the best in the business at this point. You yeah. know, and and I think it's it's hard to disagree based on and when she's not wrestling, I'm still watching her her every move and I think that's a true testament to how good she is i mean in the ring we know she's decent and we know that she's probably going to pick up slack on a lot of people who may not be up on her level but when she's on the outside and she's talking to the referee and she's like i didn't touch him don't touch me i'm not touching any like she's adding to it um the vocal point of it and i think that you know she's she's a good hype person for bailey when she needs to be but she's also a good front runner when she needs to be so i think this one two punch uh they can reverse it every every segment it's it's just it's it hasn't gotten stale yet and i think that that's the the, the the magic that we see is it hasn't gotten stale and it's gone on for like i think six seven ten weeks now uh, almost a whole quarantine it feels like at this point so um yeah i mean obviously we could talk about her all day as well but again there she's in the main event you know of other other particular shows she's in the main event on the outside of the show you know like they're all they're there for a reason they're they're doing what she can do and i think that uh it's funny to me like so. Becky Lynch was the person that they put all their eggs into one basket with. She was on, uh, you know, multiple shows. She was multiple champions. She was doing all this shit. And, of course, she, you know, soured on us over the year and whatever. And then she leaves. And, obviously, we hope the best for her. But, you know, then Charlotte gets busted, shoveled down my throat every single week. Me and the backcracker are sitting there going, enough, enough. And then she takes a powder. And then we go to the other horsewoman. It's funny that they have a pecking order of, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's funny that you, in theory, you think we'd be kind of pissed off by it at this point. Like, okay, you're shoving it down our throat, shoving it down our throat. But I think it's because these two women don't get the publicity all the time, that don't get up comeuppance all the time throughout the rest of the years, that we're like, you know what? Finally, everybody loves Bailey, regardless of what her character is. Everybody loves Sasha. So I feel like it's just one of those moments where it's like, in theory, we all should be pissed but we're also just taking it in because it's a breath of fresh air.
0: Well, I think there's th- this, this thing's twofold, and I think a big reason of it is uh, Sasha took so much time off where she was just like not around because you remember, remember it was Sasha and Charlotte, Sasha and Charlotte, like two or three years ago every day, and people were sick of it. They didn't want to see it. They were like, get them both out of here whatever, but it's like Sasha was gone for a really long time. She came back, and then she was gone again, and then obviously Bailey's been around, and for the most part, she was bland, but Bailey and Sasha together has always been magic. It was magic at NXT. It's been magic on the main roster. And right now, like they are in their full stride. So WWE said, you know what? The man stepped away, the queen stepped away. Let's just, like you said, give it all to them, and they are just absolutely running with it. But I think a big reason why, because obviously, if this continues for months and months, I'm sure everyone everyone turns, everyone turns on everyone. It's just the way it is. We've seen it with every single big star. It's just how it is. Becky, Cena, like go back, like love them at first, but once it's too much, it's too much. But I think right now it's just a perfect formula, and they are just they're doing they're just doing some phenomenal work. It is. I'm,
1: I, I think the difference maker is that Becky isn't team. Like if they did Becky and Charlotte together and did something like this, I think it would work better. Because well, they we know did that remember
0: that was a thing for a while.
1: Well, for like a half a second, they that they abandoned it quickly when they realized like, you know, this can't be a thing. There can only be one Highlander, you know, like that's how they felt about it versus like Bailey and Sasha have always been on the same level regardless of, I think, at least in my opinion, they've always kind of been on the same back and forth. Like they always kind of one up each other. but They always elevate each other. So it's just, I don't know, like, you know, like, I think when it's going to get sailed, that's when they pull the Sasha trigger, when that gets sailed, then we'll finally have that view that we've all been clamoring for, so I assume it was supposed to happen at SummerSlam, but now with the news of, you know, not having SummerSlam anywhere but the PC, maybe they hold off anymore, you know, longer, and, and we'll be fed up by it, you know, in August, who knows.
0: Yeah, I think they, they definitely are planning to ride this a little longer than they expected, but you never know. You know, they might they might see like it's time to do it. So we'll see because they've certainly, it's the teases haven't stopped. Like Sasha was holding Bailey's title again. this so The teases haven't stopped. So it's definitely still there. But Nestle I'm looking at my notes and there's two other major things that happened this week where I definitely have some good and some bad from each. So uh, I'm going to let you choose where we go next. Well,
1: let's see here. I would like to say that um, I... You're gonna, this is probably the things that you were gonna enjoy, but I liked it was the Jeff Hardy post. Ugh. Only because of a certain thing that Seamus made me feel uncomfortable. As a person who has dealt with a lot of people who are, are uh, having, uh, you know, the substance abuse problems in my lifetime, I was like, oof. It made me cringe in a way where I was like, this makes me feel uncomfortable. Thought Jeff Hardy is the best he could. Again. It's a C level storyline, but I'm telling you, a couple months from now, we're going to be eating it up. Not right now, but we'll be eating it up come October. At oh, that. I hope this still our- isn't
0: going in a couple months. It's already been going a couple months.
1: I know, but it, it, they made it perfectly clear. I'm telling you right now, this isn't over until Jeff Hardy overcomes in a way that is definitive. It's just not. I know you may not like it, but I mean, I, to me, it's at least something different. Like, we haven't seen Otis in weeks, we haven't seen Mandy or Sonia. To me, this is like the underbelly undercard that we have to deal with until probably SummerSlam.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely think it will go that long. It's just the reason why it wasn't, I mean, I I do think there were parts of it, yes, you're absolutely right about Sheamus making you uncomfortable, but it's just, to me, this segment was just more of the same for this feud. Like, it's been the same points, and it just feels like we're going on a straight line, and I'm waiting for the next zig in the feud, and we're just, it just, we haven't got there yet, so until then, I'm probably just a, a comfortable meh at this point.
1: That's fun, and I know it was one of the, the the other two things you want to talk about. So go ahead. I just I just I had to get that out of there because I knew you weren't going
0: to like it. Well, I'm going to start here because it's not so much. We're definitely going to talk about um, the new United States title that I believe it was even last week. You pretty much said you want a new U.S. title, and well, you got it. So enough more evidence they listen. Uh, and it was uh, funny because Apollo wasn't even involved in the debuting of it. Um, but. The, the part, you know, that I loved was, of course, Cedric Shea. and then what came later was that backstage segment of MVP trying to rec- recruit Cedric Alexander, which I thought was interesting. I mean, it's just kind of funny because, you know, for when Paul Heyman took over RAW we heard about how much he loved Cedric, and he got that big initial push with AJ Styles, but since then, we don't even see him, and then all of a sudden, they do the the switcheroo on raw and all of a sudden like Cedric Shay are back. And now all of a sudden, like Cedric's getting a little extra rub here and you know, I'm a Cedric guy through the darkness. So for me, it's hard for me not to like everything they're doing with Cedric Shay right now because they're actually doing something with them.
1: Yeah. I think because you like them so much is probably why I don't like them that much. So, you know,
0: uh, that's, that's, that sounds like like a you problem. Yeah.
1: It is a me problem. It absolutely is a me problem. No, look, when I think Cedric has a, high, this is the part that sucks, in my opinion. The better wrestler is Ricochet. Absolutely,
0: hundred percent. Right? But I think,
1: but I think in terms of character, I think Cedric has a leg up on him because I think he has enough range. Uh, when when Cedric came down that ramp and talked, I was like, okay, I'm listening. Then of course, you know, Rick decided to open his mouth, and we were like, ah, oh, jeez, said, here it is again for the umpteenth time, where the fucking superhero does gee golly gosh. You're, you know, listen, T, I'm going to be out here and tell you this, that, thing. and the other thing. I'm like, oh, my God, stop talking. Just stop, you know. But, yeah, you look, I don't hate on him terribly because he's clearly amazing in the ring. And, and, and uh, every time he does something amazing, I'm going to, you know, call it out. But, God, like, if he could never talk again and just let him, Honestly, I don't know why Ricochet wouldn't become one of MVP's guys because he needs it. He needs a fresh. He needs a. He he doesn't need to be a superhero, motherfucker. Be a supervillain. Yeah,
0: I, I just I, mean? I don't that, think any of us are booing Ricochet. Though. That's the problem. Is I think he's stuck as a babyface because like no. even if he tries to, it's like we're like his entire move set is baby face. Like it's, so it, exactly, it's you'd be Seth Rollins all over again, except for at least Seth can kind of talk. But here's here's the difference between a, a a Rollins and a Ricochet. Rollins could
1: do it on his own; doesn't need a mouthpiece. So by talking, he eventually becomes a shitty human being. Ricochet cannot, right now, talk to you in a conversation or on television and you believe he's a shitty person. You need someone else to make him a shitty person. You need MVP, who is a shitty person, to be making Ricochet a shitty person. All you need to do is just have Ricochet do matches where he's going to climb the top rope and everybody's, you know, there's the TJs and the Rays and the DQs ready to whip it out and jerk it off when fucking you know Ricochet does a fucking quadruple, you know, whatever. I'm right there with him, by the way. I know. I know you're all with the pants off, pants off. But what I'm trying to say is is that he gets up to the top fucking rope and MVP just looks at him and, you know, because he's his manager and just goes, nah, guy, come back down. Don't do this. You don't have to search this so late shit anymore. And then he steps back down, crowd moves him because well, he's, he's, he's getting you there, but he's not going to let you get to a climax. And then... You get pissed off because now you're not getting anything you want. So poo 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 is not going to fucking happen anymore.
0: Well, then that's he's just then he's real. just a jag. If you take away what he is, the actual ricochet, like then he's a jag. You know that's That's, no, listen, that's why they you, that's why if, they won't do it. They won't do it. Listen, listen.
1: If you give him something new, if you give him a characteristic of something new, he won't just be just another guy. He will be something special. If you can find something to supplement, but if you can't find something to supplement him with the high flying, then guess what. All he is is going to be where he is for the rest of his life, which is what we've all been afraid of. He might get that one shot, and then he might blow it. You know, like, that's it. Otherwise, he's going to be pew, 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 all around the fucking ceiling. And that's great. But eventually, you know what happens to somebody like that? Dolph Ziggler.
0: Yeah, I, I, that's it. I just... That's it. And he sells... You've been on ricochet's the program, a lot more likable than Ziggler. see how he sells that? He does. Oh, no, believe me. He's always going to be typecast into that, but I do think at some point he'll get his chance because he is incredibly with unique with his babyface offense that, like, there's going to be a time where they go with it. Like, they, they pulled the big trigger on, obviously, Mysterio. Obviously, there's a lot of other things with him. Like, Kofi blew his chance, but then he eventually earned it again. So uh, I, Ricochet's got plenty of time left, but I think, I think Cedric's the one here that that is the one that's intriguing to me with MVP because I think there's something to do with it. Okay. What about the new U.S. title, Nestlemania? You put a poll out for it, but you didn't give your opinion. The people want to know. You were begging for this, crying. You said it looked like a fucking toy. What do you think about it now? I
1: love it. I think this is a beautiful championship. I think that it looks like an actual championship. i got to say, first off, when they revealed that the lighting made it look like dog shit. So I'm glad they, they rushed out a photograph. Because when I saw the photograph, I was like, oh. Because on first glance, I was like, what the fuck is this? But then when they did like the pristine photograph of it, I was like, okay, thank God it looks so much better because the lighting looked, it just, it, it didn't photograph well, like in terms of video, like it just, it looked odd. Like you figure they'd look at it and be like, why is there some weird shine to it? But, um, I love it. I think it's good. I, I like it because it's clean. There's not anything in a weird misshaped way. It just, it, I know it still kind of looks like a home plate, but it's less of a home plate. Um, I think it has everything it needs to have. Like, I think if they said, what, it was like 13 or 17 years that they've had the same championship, which again, isn't the worst thing in the world, but I think it's one of the longest reigning championships they've had. Like, it didn't change.
0: Um, Just the spinner. That's you know, the only time I remember it changing.
1: Yeah. You know, like I, besides the spinner and the WWE version of it, I think it's been the same. So, um, and that was like less than a year, so. Really looking at like 12 years where it's been the same championship, and I'm sure somebody out there will tell me I'm wrong, but I, I don't think any championship has lasted without some tinkering uh, that long. Um, so I like I, I like it. I think it's good. I think it's, it's pristine enough for me to go, you know what, it's something again. It's not going to do everything, but I think the presentation gives it a fresh restart when a belt that desperately needs a fresh restart. And again, we've talked about how many belts I have got. What like 17 belts throughout the entire three brands? Um, pedals don't mean anything anymore. They're just props, right? So at least they're going above and beyond for a championship that's been basically forgotten uh, for the, I don't know. I would say there's there's certain peaks and valleys of the United States Championship, but I love it because I think it's a fresh start and it gives us hope um, when we need it because it's been featured. So let's Let's make it a featureable belt, and honestly, it needs it needs. All you know, the belts have changed since the last one, so I think it's the one that really, really um, has a great lineage. And I think that uh, if they call back to it a lot more and talk about, you know, even the NWA, it'd be great. But they probably won't. Uh, but I
0: think it's good. I think it's good. What do you think? I I like the design. I like the concept. I just my only nitpicky thing to pull you is um some of the text is a little too big for my liking. Um, I just don't think it needs to be that large. But besides that, yeah, no, I, I like it. I think it's a fresh look. Pristine, I think, is a good word to describe it. And uh, I definitely think it's an upgrade. Okay, then. See, look at that. You
1: thought I was going to throw a hissy fit, I
0: bet. Well, I, you never know with you. Because you, 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 you're you. So we're going to get to the next thing where I know you're going to throw a hissy fit. But I thought there was some good before that, for sure. Um, I really enjoyed the KO show. It's always good when Kevin Owens is on my TV. It's always good when Kevin Owens has a microphone. And uh, you know what? Seth and KO? I've always had pretty good back and forth. I thought Seth did a good job in this promo. I really enjoyed this promo. Um, And it obviously led to KO eventually joining Ray. I like the way they did that too. And look at this random tag match that I wasn't going to give a shit about. They gave it some stakes. Whoever wins gets to pit the stipulation. So I'm like, okay, this random tag match I didn't give a shit about. At least now when I watch it, I know it means something, which that's what I asked for. So I'm not going to complain about that. Uh, Ray eventually did get the win. And Nestlemania... Rey Mysterio, for his stipulation, picked an eye for an eye match. Huh? Yeah, exactly. I, we all did the same thing. They've since explained it, but at the time it was like, um, okay. Okay. Look, look they're,
1: look, they're taking liberties with the fact there is no crowd. I mean, they are going out, they're going, they're going, you know what? This is the only chance we're going to get folks where we can just fucking try shit, which again, Commend you know commend them for it, but sometimes they're taking half baked ideas and they're taking them out of the oven and they're just like, yep, this is good enough. You know, like good enough for government work. There it is. We We'll put a stamp on it, send it out. Like that's exactly how it was. And you know what? I hope you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna save this. I have I have something in my hope that that bounces off of this that I believe at least will be entertaining for me. So there you go on that. Okay. Um, I will. Uh, do you have anything else, uh, baby face wise in the, in the Shine here, or are we uh, gonna go to the Heat after?
0: Well, this? I do just want to note because I don't know if you've seen it. There was um, it was actually probably about an hour before um, we started recording today on uh, Tuesday morning, afternoon-ish. Um, they they did announce that the only way to win the match is to physically remove your opponent's eye. So uh, they did lean into it for whatever that's worth. Yeah. So here's here's the thing, right? Here's <laughs> you here's... can save it if you want for your own. You can save it.
1: No, 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 no. Uh, that that will be safe from a hope I'm going. I, I, I gotta, I gotta retract everything that I'm fucking saying because I right, hold on one second. I gotta close my door. Um, <laughs> getting, getting fucking hot in my car. Uh, look, here's here's the thing, right? So intrigue, right? Out of the gate, Black gets jumps behind uh, and puts. So, you know, they put a mask on him, the Rey Mysterio mask, and he's out. And uh, you know, Buddy, and you know. Rollins are just like oh what a shame what a shame and then it goes into the fucking KO thing which again I didn't have a problem with it was good the match was fine but the match got to be in my opinion clusterfucky at the end and here's here's why to me it goes what the fuck are we doing right like we we had to stumble bumble and fumble all the way to the fucking end just to get through Mysterio to be like I'm gonna rip out your eye which is fine so we got there right and I'll talk about it in my hope but here's what I don't understand You want to talk about logic, JC, and I know you're going to say wrestling logic doesn't really matter, but humor me for the moment that I talk about this, right? So, theoretically, put yourself in Aleister Black's shoes, right? Me and, let's just say, Ray Ray, jump you, beat the shit out of you, humiliate you backstage, put a mask on you, make you look like a dunce, right? Okay. Then me and Ray Ray go out and have a match against, let's say, you know, DQ and TJ, right? And... At the end of that match, your music is going to play and you're going to fucking just puff and puff and then stop? You're not going to come out flying fury? Like, I get people are going to tell me, oh, if he DQ'd him, then they would have not won the match. I get that. But what I can't forgive is that they had Dominic do a heel tactic when all of this shit doesn't make any sense. So it's like a babyface would stop to not get disqualified, but then another baby face would then do a heel tactic to potentially get disqualified, and it doesn't fucking work, obviously, because obviously Red Mysterio wins anyway and then gets the match. But it was just like, when I watched that in slow motion to me, there's just something about it that was like, wait, you could have done that entire segue, that whole moment, without Aleister Black. You could have just had him be jumped, get him out of the equation particularly, You already had Rollins poke his eye at the beginning of the match, so it made sense to have him poke his eye at the end of the match. That's all you had to do. That was it. You could have had some random ass distraction with KO and Buddy, and that could have been it. That would have been it. But they had to fucking do some three stooges at the end of it that made it fucking just making me slam my head into the goddamn wall. That's all. No, I
0: 100% agree with you. Um, And it goes back to like what I was saying last week. It's like... Get Aleister Black the fuck away from this feud. Get him um, shimmy, shimmy, yeah, the fuck away from this feud. Like, it's not needed. And it wasn't needed this week. You're 100% right. And I'm, uh, I'm assuming we're in the heat because that was heat, right? Yes. Yeah, get him off my
1: TV. Get the whole fucking thing off my television. I'm going fucking through my television.
0: You know what I want off my no TV, sense. WrestleMania? What
1: do you want? What do Dominic? I, ha- I want Dominic off my TV, but that's something else. Well,
0: we're not talking about him anymore. Um, what is something that you know that I hate?
1: I mean, a lot of things.
0: Well, what is something that I don't like when people touch mine and I don't want to get anywhere near other people's?
1: I almost said toes and I didn't say it. I should have said toes.
0: Yeah, it's feet. I fucking... Feet are disgusting. I'm the anti... What's the opposite of a foot fetish? That's me. Like, you touch me with your foot, I'm going to fucking punch you. You touch my foot, I'm going to punch... Like, anything... no, No, nothing. Never mind. If someone else's foot touches my foot... Oh, boy, you better be prepared because it's about to go off. But, yeah, so how do you think I felt during that promo?
1: Oh, my God. I thought I, I thought of you every second of that promo because all I could think about was, holy shit, is JC going to fucking hate this? Oh, my God. like he's, Thank God they didn't zoom in on the toes. Otherwise, you probably would have vomited.
0: It was a, you know a terrible I mean? promo, too. Like, it literally, it was just like, we all know Matt Riddle's an airhead, and that's kind of the point, but that fucking story was so fucking stupid. Like, feet aside, like, Oh, my God. It was just horrible. And it's like, especially with what came next, it was so good that I guess it just would get past it. But it was just like, that whole opening segment, it was like, throw it in the trash. Look, all I have to
1: say is this. It's just, it's, 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 I didn't know if that's a real story or not.
0: Definitely not. There's no fucking way.
1: I mean, if somebody wrote that, that's pretty bizarre. You know, like, that seems like kind of a weird thing to say, like, I don't feel anything grow from my legs, but uh my legs help me feel the rest. And I'm just like, what? Huh? Yeah. Okay, sure. Whatever. You know, if that's what we're fucking doing now, that's that's wonderful. But uh, none of it makes any goddamn sense, JC. So uh, you're taking somebody that I, I would be interested in and making me go, so when's Rossi the Snowman going to fucking show up, huh? Like, that's, God. that's what I'm going to think about from now on. He's going to fucking do all that shit. So I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm just... I don't know how to feel about this anymore, brother. I don't know. I just, you're pulling people for no fucking reason. You're giving, you're giving somebody something they didn't need. Like, you know what we need? A fucking, a heartfelt story because nobody can fucking relate to this guy because, uh, you know, he might have some questionable background. You know, like, so let's make a frostbite fucking story for this guy. Come on,
0: come on, come on. Yeah, no, that was, I, I know there's definitely something with his feet, like, that happened, but there's no way this was the real story. It was just, like, trash, 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 trash. What else did you think was trash this week?
1: Well, let's see. Since we're getting there, uh, a lot of a lot of things, in my opinion, were kind of, eh, eh, like, you know, um, let's just, let's be honest, they call it the Wyatt Swamp Fight. They can't come up with a fucking great name, but whatever, that's neither here nor there well, they it's, changed they, the they, name they, of
0: extreme rules now it's not what is it the house of horrors extreme they like switch the order or something
1: it's the horror show at extreme rules or something like it is. that yeah it's not extreme rules horror show so again they're tinkering with things again people who tinker always just make me upset whatever it is what it is um i don't necessarily care for nakamura and and, and cesaro as a tag team i think it's a hodgepodge thing like Yeah, it's nice to see them on television, but I think I don't give a flying fuck about the tag division now. Again, like, it's just, doesn't fucking matter. Don't fucking care. It is what it is. Let's move on. Clearly, the street profits have gotten COVID because they fucking jumped around in a goddamn crowd three weeks ago. We haven't seen them since. So, you know, that's the whole fucking thing. Tag division's on lockdown, literally, because people are fucking getting it all over the goddamn place. It's just stupid shit, like, everywhere. Um, let's see. Is there anything else on SmackDown? There's like literally nothing else on SmackDown. That's even worth talking about, to be honest. Um, big show and the Vikings chopping each other. That's the thing. Um, Hey, I will say you know, this.
0: I'll stop you there because I will say this. Like the minute I saw six man tag, I knew it was trash, but that backstage promo, when I saw it, I was like, this is going to be so stupid. I actually didn't hate it because like, I liked like the message we got from it is the one thing you've been talking about the Vikings is they've been so ha 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 ha. It was like, how we need to start taking them seriously again. And that was kind of Big Show's message. They did it in their own way. But I at least like what the, I, I liked what the promo was trying to do. It might not have been the greatest execution in the world, but I did like what they were trying to do with it.
1: I mean, besides what Ray Ray said about the six-man tag, you know, like the, the, the moment with Garza and Orton, like that was, that, was, that was vintage Orton. And of course, obviously, we all get boned up for that. Oh yeah. But other than that, I was just like, okay, let's get through this. It was this is fucking whatever. It's there. Like, a lot of it's filler. Like, here's a tag match. It's filler. Here's a tag match. It's filler. You know, whatever. A lot of it's filler. You know, it's just, that's what it comes down to for me. It's just, like, it is what it is. You know, like, a tag match with MVP in its street clothes against your boys, ricochet Shea, like, and, and Cedric Shea, whatever the fuck they're called. like fucking it, thing. Whatever the fuck it is. Like, again, filling time, because it's a thing. You know, like, Flair and Zelina, like, backstage being like, don't fuck up or RKO will kill you. I will say one shining moment was that, even though Randy Orton's a piece of shit right now, right, and we all hate him and he's, like, doing, you know, next-level work, the guy still has a heart because he senses I was the other way <laughs> and loves truth. So, you know what? I, I appreciated that portion of it. Again, I don't really give a shit about the Iconics and Ruby. I think what do that's you like think about D-level her losing Q.
0: streak, though? She hasn't won a match in, like, two I, years. Yeah, I just, I don't care. Like, I just... It's
1: it's not amplified enough for me. It's a it's you know it's, a, it's the uh, bottom half hour program in the third hour as per usual. It's the Titus O'Neil spot. It's never going to be anything but just filler. It's nothing for me to be like. And I know not everything is there to be fucking gigantic and amazing and whatever. And some things are little and tiny and nibbling, and that's fine. But I actually enjoy all three of these women, and obviously Liv if she, if she gets you know put in the, the fourth part here. But I just, I just don't care. I mean, like it was essentially it was the same. It was a rerun, taking out
0: taking Billy out the better and wrestler Peyton. and putting in the worst wrestler.
1: <laughs> okay, sure, whatever. But it was a job alert. It was under three minutes as well. So like it was, it was what it was. I mean, besides Peyton's boots, which you know did the walking, which was amazing. Uh, but other than that, I was like, okay, that's all I needed to say. Bye bye. Let's move on. So again, like, there's not really like a lot I'd say that I enjoyed or hated. It's just like there's bullshit everywhere, and, and nothing's ever going to be perfect, but. There's just, there's so much that I would I would like to see changed. I just don't think it'll be changed. It's just like more of the same.
0: Yeah, no, I don't really have anything else uh, if you want to get hopeful. Yeah, let's get hopeful. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to, to to spread out? You know what? I will go first because as uh, I came up with one earlier, you know, I come in unprepared. I usually uh, figure it out. So glorious, you are my only hope. Obviously, we saw Heath Slater this week um, going head to head with Drew McIntyre. And well, you know. There's a third member of 3MB, Nestlemania, um, and that is the man who ha- is actually a former WWE champion, and uh, he gets hindered quite often, but he's been gone for a while, um, so you know what? My hope is that whether it's next week or the week after, or at some point, I want Jinder Mahal back. They could do something similar to what they did, whatever, you could say like, oh, it's too similar, or whatever, but I would love to see the interaction between Jinder and Drew because I think it obviously has the 3MB, blah, 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 but like... Ginder did the similar thing to McIntyre where he left and he came back and then he became the WWE champion. So I think their interaction would be very interesting, especially now that Cullen has literally fallen off the ladder to the bottom of the card at this point. Um, and now he's not even on TV. But you know what? I would like to see that interaction. I think that would be fun. I think it would be another way to build this Dolph Ziggler feud. that's uh, my hope? Pretty simple. Uh, give me some ginder. Hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC's hopes come true.
1: I hate the burst or bubble bud, but I think he's injured,
0: yeah, I think he is too, but you know what? I can still hope for it. Maybe he's healed. It's be you know you
1: know what it is It's from all those roids it's, they're just they're just making it easier to get injured, anyway, my hope, as I've teased about, is uh something that I'm interested in, so we talk about an eye for an eye match, and oh, I have literally no hope for this whatsoever, except in this hope particular uh so. I'm thinking to myself, hey, what do you think is the best part of an eye for an eye match, JC?
0: Someone's eye getting ripped out?
1: Yeah, precisely. So, we already know that Rey Mysterio's eye has been injured, right? So, for me, I don't necessarily see that Rey Mysterio is going to lose this matchup. Or at least in my hope, I don't want Rey Mysterio to lose his matchup. Because he's already had his eye fucked with. So my hope is that Rey Mysterio actually does something horrific to Rollins' eye. But here's the kicker. I want Rollins to go escape from New York, escape from L.A., Kurt Russell style, wearing an eye patch. Because I think a black eye patch with his Messiah look would be fucking amazing. I think having him... Having the visual of his eye, his cornea, that it may be mangled for a while. Like having, and obviously he can wrestle through it because it'll be a see-through patch, but having an eye patch on him for a little bit, I think would be such an amazing visual because then he sacrifices himself, the ultimate sacrifice, in fact. And I think it gives another layer to Seth Rollins' character. I mean, like, Mysterio can paint by the numbers all he wants. Booyaka, booyaka, whatever, 619. And, you know, robotic Dominic may turn on him, whatever. But... (laughs) And all that all that probably will come to fruition at a at a horror, you know, horror show, extreme rules, whatever. But god damn it, wouldn't it be fun to see Seth Rollins with an eye patch? Just to see him look just mangled and like scarred. Like Jesus in in theory, you know, went through a sacrifice himself, right? For us. I'm not gonna get religious on it, but like if you're gonna draw comparisons, clearly Seth Rollins made a sacrifice himself, right? So Let's have him sacrifice himself with an eye. And I think that that would be a constant reminder. And if you really think about it, you can put the Seth Rollins logo on the eye patch, put it on www.shop.com and he make some money off of it. So that is my hope. I think Seth Rollins with an eye patch, Honka Honka, that's a Scrubs reference. since Honka Honka when he poops. Uh, that's for Billy and two other people. But, uh, look, I think an eye patch would be good. And, uh, you know, I'm excited. I think it could happen.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you on that for sure. Like that's the first place that my mind went was like Seth with an eye patch would be dope, and it is kind of funny. I saw some people pointing this out on the interwebs too, is uh, you know, Seth has been wearing the Dean Ambrose coat from his little gas mask gimmick, but now he's gonna have possibly an eye patch. So Seth literally following in Dean's footsteps, it seems like, with some of these costume choices.
1: You know, look, if it's if it if it's working somewhere else, it's called stealing and borrowing. So let him steal it, let him borrow it.
0: I don't disagree, but you know what, WrestleMania, it is time for the comeback, and don't call it a comeback, because you know what, she has been here for years, you all tried to get her out of town, you're all trying to ship her back to Japan, but you know what, my pirate princess Kabuki warrior is still here, Kairi Sane gets my comeback, she had a fantastic match versus Sasha. That was broken up by Bailey, but it was still a lot of fun. I wouldn't mind seeing it again someday. She's going to get a title opportunity next week on Raw, so there's at least one more week. Who knows? She probably is leaving, but you know what? Everyone was saying she was done and we would never see her again, and they were wrong like they often are. And I was happy because I love Kyrie Sane and she gets my comeback. That's adorable.
1: Anyway, my comeback this week is for MVP. A guy. What? Who I
0: can... Whoa, 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 yep. whoa, whoa, whoa. Can you, can you repeat that?
1: No, I'm just I was going to go backwards, but then I totally dyslexic. I totally fucking shanked that one. PVM is my comeback this week. Uh, MVP is my comeback. Uh, and I will say this. I am not a huge fan of him most of the time because, again, I'm coming. Think, you know, what did he say? Big things popping, little things stopping, and then he does all these fucking little fucking terrible things that he says. Um, but You're look, just not hip. It's okay. Of... Well, look at me. <laughs> but that's besides the point I'm a dad now. Do you know that dads are never hip?
0: Yeah, but you weren't hip way before that. You might be hipper now because you're a dad. Uh,
1: Thank you. That was very sweet of you. That might be the nicest thing you've said to me this week. So anyway, um, what I was going to say was that MVP necessarily comes out and always talks about himself. But this week, he really put over the prestige and putting over the United States Championship, having, you know, like I had the best two reigns. And when I have my third reign, having a guy have the belts already that isn't, the guy that has the belt, like having you know somebody you know nine tenths of the law, that whole business. Like I, I get I get excited for that stuff because it's just like okay, this is old timey wrestling that works. Um, it's it's wrestling 101 It makes perfect sense. And he did a good job. He made more about the United States championship uh, meaningful with his words and his actions this week. And I think that a belt that needs it is definitely that belt. Or sorry, title is the championship title. Why did I say belt? I have somebody in Stanford yelling in my ear. But other than that, like you know. I think that the United States Championship needs somebody. And again, I wouldn't be uh, opposed to MVP winning. I obviously probably won't. But uh, I think, um, you know, as long as Bobby Lashley stays with the United States title, I'll be happy. So, MVP, you get my comeback. Don't let me down. Don't let me down. Don't let me down.
0: Interesting. I'm still shocked that you gave him the comeback. But I support it. But right now, we're going to get to the big finish. And, excuse me, a little reflux there. Um, Before we get to... Part two of Fighter Fest in Great American Bash Nestlemania. There are a few things we know books for this week. On SmackDown, there is a championship match for your least favorite feud, uh, the SmackDown Tag Team titles. Do you think Nak and Cesaro will defeat the New Day? Who
1: cares? That's my question. Who cares? Wow. Do you really care?
0: Do Not really, you- but I, I just, I'm asking you who you think is going to win? Uh, New
1: Day. Okay. It's the other guys? Who cares?
0: Yeah, I'm gonna pick Nak and Cesaro in the upset. Why not? Um, also on SmackDown, they're doing a rerun of Bliss Cross versus Bailey and Sasha, but it's non-title, so who really cares? But on Raw next week, Bailey and Sasha take on the Kabuki Warriors in a title match. But I would assume Bailey and Sasha are gonna roll.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, I think they need a definite win to uh, get you know, like again, they need uh, the go home. I'm sure maybe a schmoz will happen to GQ because it's uh, you know nobody can lose or nobody can look bad going into fucking anything anymore. So it is what it is.
0: Yeah, and you know what, WrestleMania. like I said, we are going to get to Fighter Fest and Great American Bash, but first, give us five stars, five flames on iTunes, Anchor, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, um, we appreciate it, all those things, like, subscribe, download, tell your friends, tell your kids, tell your wives, tell your dogs' wives, tell everyone, everyone's everyone, like... We appreciate it. goes a long way for us. Uh, Jobberknocker.com. That's our website. You can find, obviously, all our featured articles. Our boy TJ, like we have said, has been crushing it during quarantine. He also does our weekly NXT article. And our boy The Joe Stopper does our weekly AEW um, article. So check out those on the weekly as well as everything else. NXT UK and NWA power will have coverage when they return. Um, so yeah, but uh, Twitter at Jobberknocker, at Nestlemania, at JC of the JK at DQ of the JK at Rare of the JK at Billy D twenty four eleven at Joe Pollock forty seven at TJ of the JK and at the Real Deal B Cox Facebook Jobberknocker, Instagram Jobberknocker, because we are everywhere. You want to be on social media, Adam? Who the fuck is Adam? Let's get into Fighter Fest too. You want to start with Fighter Fest? All right, I didn't have it pulled up, I but do. now I do. So there are six matches. Six count it matches booked for night two of Fighter Fest. Um. You know, they had a little change up here because originally the Mox was supposed to defend his title, but given the COVID concerns, that was pushed back to Fight for the Fallen, which apparently is next week. Um, So, yeah, that's a thing. But first up, WrestleMania, we have a big match with a big stipulation Nyla Rose versus TBA. Who you got? Uh, TBA? (laughs) TBA? Uh, hey, well, maybe the, maybe it'll be a debut or something, you know? A debut or a return, you know? You never know. I'm going to go with Awesome Kong, TBA, Beater. That's wow. what I would like Wow. That is bold. I'm going to go with my girl, Anna Jay, because I want to see her. And she'll probably lose again, because unfortunately, they're sticking her in Dark Order. Speaking of Dark Order, this match is the Drizzling Shits. If you look it up in the dictionary, you will see this match. Colt Cabana and the Dark Order, the Drizzling Shits, take on SoCal Uncensored, uh, the team of Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky. WrestleMania. do you care and who you got? No,
1: I don't. And Christopher Daniels
0: will turn so Dark Order wins one. What do you think? Wow. Wow. That would be a surprise to me because obviously the big tease in this match is that Colt Cabana working with those guys. But like you said, I don't care. But definitely a Dark Order showcase. Next up, we have Lance Archer with Jake Roberts taking on Joey Janela. I'm obviously taking Archer, but I'm interested to see what's going he, uh, going on here, because obviously uh, Archer has been involved with uh, the tag team of Janela and Sonny Kiss.
1: Yeah, you know, look, I, I gotta say, I haven't seen a lot of AEW lately, but the uh, AEW uh, vignettes with Sonny Kiss and Janela are highly, excuse me, highly entertaining, very rush hour, and I love it. Uh, especially the, that, that thing at the convenience store uh, parking lot that was fucking hysterical. So I want to see more of that shit. Um but, uh, yeah, Lance, uh, Lance Archer, all, all day, every day. It just makes no fucking sense for anything else. Um, and uh, that's that.
0: Next up, we have the weekly AEW Clusterfuck match. It's featuring a lot of our favorites, but it is going to be a clusterfuck. FTR, the team of Cash Wheeler and Dax Hardwood, team up with the Young Bucks, the team of Matt and Nick Jackson. And they take on the Butcher and the Blade, who gives a shit, and the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon Jr. and Ray Phoenix, Nestlemania, who you got. Bookers don't
1: lose unless it's a championship, folks, so definitely Young Bucks and FTR for the win.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you 100%. I'm sure this match will have some spun spots, but, man, like, eight-man tag, that's a lot going on there. Uh, next up, we have uh, a... So this was the match that was added in Pace of Moxley. It is a tag team match for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. Uh, Omega and Paige retained last week against Best Friends. They will now take on the team of Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn, Better known as Private Party, who once again will have Mott Hardy with them. Nestlemania! Is this finally the moment that we have a private party? Da, na, 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 na. No, because Kenny Omega ain't gonna lose in front of no fans. Ugh, fuck you! I'm fucking. I'm picking second week in a row. Fuck it! I want them to lose. Give me the private party, and it will be a lot of fun. When they win, take it to the bank. Put all your money on Double P, baby. Double P. No, yeah, a private party. So PP, pee- you, know. so, so, so you, you put your money on PP? Well, yeah, I put my money on the PP. You've got to go with the PP. You put your money on your PP? Yeah, I, well, I mean, that's a good thing to invest in. Uh, but moving on, we have the match that when we saw, were talking about Firefest Fest originally, this was the one I think we both agreed we were most, most intrigued by, and that is a singles match between Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy.
1: Look. Orange Cassidy is going to take him to the limit, but lose. If he wins, I'd be shocked and think that's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going all in. Orange Cassidy, my favorite fucking color. The guy's a fucking genius. Let's go. Let's fucking go.
0: WrestleMania. I'm with you. I fucking love Orange Cassidy. This is a guy who, since watching AEW, I have just become one of the biggest fans of. When all I did hearing about him, I, want, I was like, there's no way I'm ever going to like this fucking joke of a wrestler. But he may be. He may be the most popular wrestler on the planet right now.
1: Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, so you know what? Fuck it. Give
0: me the win. Give me the orange, too. We're both picking the upset.
1: We are thinking with our hearts on this one. Our hearts bleed orange.
0: Hey, last week, WrestleMania, I picked with my heart uh, and took Tegan Knox to win, and she did in night one of Great American Bash. So now we're going to talk about night two of Great American Bash, which which obviously features the big-time main event, but we have a really shitty undercard we have to pick first. Uh, This match was added. I didn't even know it was happening, but uh, TJ will be at full attention. Isaiah Swerve Scott takes on Johnny Gargano.
1: Oh, my goodness. TJ with his pants off again. Shocker. Give me Isaiah so Johnny
0: Gargano can just get off my television. Wow. Uh, I'm going to pick Gargano because I have a brain. Uh, next up, we have a six-man tag team match because, you know, wouldn't be a filler show without a six-man tag. But I, I do love the team of Brizongo and Drake Maverick as they will take on El Legado del Fantasma, which I think is the tag team name now of Santos Escobar, Joaquin Wilde, and Raul Mendoza. I'm assuming this is a showcase for El Legado del Fantasma.
1: I'm going to say, you know, that it roughly translates to Feed Me Your Jobbers, and that's what Drake Maverick and Brizongo are. So I think that that's <laughs> going to be a very quick matchup. Uh, and I think those guys are going to be very one-handed. The
0: end. Yeah, well, I look forward to Brizongo's entrance like I always do because they're my favorite. Uh, next up, we have a street fight between Candace LeRae and Mia Yim. Mia Yim, booked See two how... weeks in a row. We all win. Not. I love, I love how
1: you win. Candace LeRae. Mia Yim. It's like your hometown PA guy for basketball. Candace LeRae for three. And then it was just like, Mia Yim for three. (laughs) That's exactly how you sold that. Yep. Exactly. That's exactly how all of us feel. Mia Yim is sucking up the Keith Lee tit for too long, folks. (laughs) Get her off my TV. Care about your goddamn bulldog on Instagram. Nobody gives a shit. Get off my TV. Why the fuck did she go outside? Who did she try to fall on last week? Nobody was outside!
0: That was Sorry. so funny, dude. Like, I was dying. I couldn't stop watching it.
1: Why? Like, what the fuck was that? What? Like, you can't you can't even... It's in editing. You can't even fix it in editing. That's when you know it's a Trump shit. Sorry.
0: No, I'm with you. I'm with you.
1: It's bad. Who are you picking? It's bad. Let's move
0: on. Well, did Oh, you pick? shit.
1: Uh, yeah, the well, right. Sorry. Yeah, give me I mean, the right, too, that just done. because...
0: We're all praying as Candice. Like, I like the work Candice is doing right now. Um, next up, we have the, win- the main event. It is a winner-take-all match for the NXT Championship and the NXT North American Championship. It is Adam Cole, baby, versus Baskin' is Glory, Keith Lee, Nestlemania. Um, there are spoilers out there for this, so be careful. Um, but my pick, I have whether I've seen the spoiler or not, it was always going to be Keith Lee. Um, so, yeah, we'll see if I'm right uh, tomorrow night. I'm going to say, to prove everybody correct, I'm going to pick Adam Cole. Baby, I love it. This is, honestly, I think this is a win-win for NXT, because both these guys are fucking studs, and they would both do great work with both championships.
1: I, listen, I, I don't disagree. I think you, you can't do anything bad with either of them. So, again, I'm thinking, based on that Daniel Bryan tweet a couple weeks ago, I think that they're, they're going to fuck you again. I think they're going to bend you over a table and be like, gotcha, bitch. That well, I happen. did,
0: I did, the, I don't know if this is true or not, but they said they taped multiple of endings, so, <laughs> sorry, even if you've seen the spoiler, you still might not know, so, I think you have to do it, because for me, I obviously, like, Karrion Cross or Cameron Grimes, or one of these guys, making an appearance in this match could make sense, but the NXT way sometimes is for big matches to leave that stuff out of it, so, we'll see which route they go.
1: We will see, folks, but I don't think there's going to be anything uh, too special. I think we're going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with a foregone conclusion like I think. So.
0: Well, not so many. you know, you notice how I just got like coughed there. And the reason is, is because I literally thought about Cameron Grimes and I coughed because it's disgusting. And I am just I, I don't deserve to talk anymore. So take us home.
1: Well, folks, just like he talked about with Cameron Grimes making him upset, make sure to send all of your feet photos to jc.jobberknocker.com oh, so he can vomit <laughs> repulsively. And you. until he keeps flowing next week, he'll be throwing up all week looking at your feet pictures. I'll be here next week with a big, giant smile on my face reminding all of you that we will be back next week with more Jobberknockery.